here, there, and everywhere. SAFM 104.4 FM in Durban. 11 minutes after 2 o'clock, you're on Life Happens. And this afternoon, we are celebrating the wonderful Dorothy Masuga, who left us just last year, in fact, in around February. I'm joined in studio by her granddaughter, Laika Masuga. Thank you so much for coming in. It's a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Some time has passed, not quite a year yet, but yes. has have. how are you sitting with the loss? Um... I guess you learn to live with it. It's just the, that pain that you don't really get over. You just learn to soldier on and live with it. Mm. Yeah. When you reflect on your grandmother, it's very different to how we reflect on her, right? She, for us, is a public figure yes. and we see her persona as a public person. Yes. What comes to mind for you as somebody that knew her intimately and, and very closely? I think not just for me, but for a lot of young Africans we are raised by our grandmothers mm-hmm. so she is grandma but she's more like a mom I learned everything from her I learned hard work I learned you know she was a feminist she was a female leader she was a go-getter so that's that's how I see my grandma as my role model she I mean I I, I wonder how some of the stuff that's happened to her she's had a, a full life yes but somewhat also very unsettled. Yes. Um, very, very bright young lady who at a very young age was somebody that could sing and, you know, the family knew this was our little star yes. kind of thing. What that meant, though, was that very early on that, that attention that people were giving her because she was such a fantastic musician and singer. Yes. That it distracted her from school. Yes, it did. Did And she dropped out. Right? Yes, she dropped out. Did she ever regret that move later on in life? Strangely, I had a conversation with my grandma once. I was like, you've been in the music industry for 60 years. Was there ever a day where you felt like, I I can't do this anymore. I need a plan B. I need to get a job, you know, because the music industry is a tough industry to be in. And she just said, I've never, I've never regretted my decision. Music called me. That's amazing. I mean, she was, if, you, if she says music called me, yes. she was called at, at officially at about, around about 12 and yes. somebody spotted her. Yes. But she, she recalls dreaming about the music. Yes. Right? And, and having these dreams and, and having these melodies yes. where she would wake up and just sing. Yes. Um, uh, when she told me stories about when she was in boarding school, because she, she was in a Catholic school. Yes. And she would take all the hymns and just sing them in her own version. And that's how she used to get into trouble in school all the time because the nuns at the time were like, no, Dorothy, you, you that's can't not do how you this. That's not how you sing the song. And she just kept singing. And I think one time she was punished. And every time she was punished, she was sent to some home to go mop the floors. And she was going away mopping the floors and singing, sing, singing the hymns incorrectly again. So it was just she was just meant to sing. I, I can't imagine... Um, People talk about how how South Africa's apartheid affected them personally uh, in the sense that many of them, those who were exiled, had to deal with that. Yes. But being exiled in two countries is no small feat. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's why they call us the exile babies. I was born in exile. I was born in Livingston in Zambia because my grandma was not allowed to come back. So um, she moved. She lived in Rhodesia, which is Zimbabwe and northern Rhodesia, which is Zambia. That's where she had my uncle and my aunt and my mom. And I was also born there and we were only 
able to come back to South Africa just before the election of Nelson Mandela. And she was also exiled in Zimbabwe as yes. well. Which was yeah, Rhodesia. that's why she moved to northern yeah. Rhodesia, yeah. which is Zambia. Was there a sense of bitterness that came with that? Um, where, you know, from from where she was running from South Africa at some point, and then she, she moved to, to, to Zimbabwe. She was exiled from here. She moved to Zimbabwe. She was also exiled from there. Did she feel a sense of, of bitterness about all of this that, that was happening? No, she felt a sense of duty. She felt like I I need to, because she didn't understand why people were treated differently. And she wrote songs that put her in trouble because of that. And she felt, no, this is my duty. I have to go out and liberate the people of South Africa. And I will keep singing these songs. And I'll keep talking about what's happening in the country until something is done. Mm. So I think it was for her like, okay, I'm a representative. I have to go out and do this. There is some music that was confiscated here. Um, yes. And which is part of the reason why she was also exiled in South Africa. Yes. Uh, some songs around Dr. Malan, which is uh, which were at the time was the Prime Minister D.F. Malan. Yes. Uh, some songs about uh, Lumumba. Yes. And they were, I suppose, confiscated. Yes. The master tapes. Yes. Has the family ever gotten those master tapes back? Do mm. we do we know how to trace that music, or is it gone for good? I think it's gone for good. But my grandma used to say that um, they should have killed her instead of destroyed the tapes. Because she she had the songs in her heart and in her head, and they were never going to get rid of them, so she never recorded the songs again. I was going to ask if there was ever an attempt no, to record. No, she the songs. never recorded the songs again. But she did sing the song at different concerts. Sometimes when she told her story. Sure. Is there a yearning to get those songs back? Yes, there's a yearning to get those songs back, and also I think as the youth or the youngsters, I wish we could like celebrate our heritage and redo some of the songs that actually tell our story as Southern Africans, I think. Mm. What do you think your grandmother's, we know how we celebrated her. Yes. One often gets a sense that it may not have been enough. Yes. How did she feel about how Africa celebrated her? Not, not the rest of the world, specifically the continent. Um, we don't celebrate them enough. Mm. We don't acknowledge them enough when they're with us. Um, yeah. yeah. When you walked in here, you said, isn't it interesting that we're celebrating her now? Yes. I, I mean, I'm grateful. I mean, I have the opportunity to talk to you and talk about my heritage, which is an opportunity she created for me, even though she's not here. Mm. So she opened doors for lots of other people in the same way with music. Mm. How would we have done it better? Just celebrating our heritage mm -hmm. is celebrating music, is celebrating artists like Mamir Makeba, um, Kaifa Semenya, uh, there's so many, Dolly Rateve, mm -hmm. there's so many artists that left a legacy and fought for our country that we need to celebrate. And also just, I think celebrating the music, yeah. When, when obviously you must have had many conversations with her, for, yes. From where she was sitting. Yes. What What didn't we get right? Um, my grandma was very much about being proud to be African. Mm. Yes, yes, embrace the Western culture. Yes, embrace, you know, business etiquette and whatever you need to get ahead in life. But don't forget who you are and where you come from. And be unapologetically African. Be unapologetically who you are. So go into the Western world as an African young girl. And I guess that's why most of her songs were traditional or in our traditional language.
So we will take your calls and, and reflections. If you ever met her, that, that would be really interesting to take your calls. Mum Dorothy Masuku is who we're celebrating today. We are taking your calls on 891-104-207. And uh, we've got some treats for you, some music that we'll be playing, uh, more of her music as we celebrate the life of Mum Dorothy Masuku. I'm with her granddaughter today, just celebrating what it is that she wanted uh, she left behind and I think for many of us as I said we we know just enough you know maybe not enough but just enough about her and there's so much that we could could at least get from yourselves as a family and maybe perhaps better celebrate her is there something in the pipeline that will allow us to contribute to her legacy um, we all still working on it because a year seems like a long time, but it's still... It's not. Yeah. It's not. Um, you're still trying to get your head around. So my grandma's actually not here. Oh, yeah. my goodness. Yeah. So I think once that, once we're stronger and more settled as a family, we will try and... And I see it. And it's interesting that um, loss, you know, has so many different implications yes. for, for many of us. Yes. You lost a grandmother. Yes. Um we lost an icon, you lost a grandmother. Yes. When are those times when you wish you were here? When I wish I was? She were here. She were here. The, um, lots of times. My grandma was like a shield. I didn't realize it. Um, just her presence would protected me from so many things. And I think that's what every parent does. They protect their kids just by being there and being present and being supportive. So I don't have that support anymore. And that's that's a reality every day. Hmm. I did say I'll take the calls on 0891-104-207. Butalo, you're calling us from Khaburoni. Good afternoon. Good day to you and your guests. Good afternoon. Yes, um, mine is just a quick one, I suppose, for reasons of historical um, accuracy. In July 2017, I attended the funeral of Ray Perry in Nelspreet. Yes. And my daughter was one of the, the speakers there. And she did emphasize that her surname is not pronounced Masuka. It's Masuku. So now that you have a family member in the studio, could you just clarify it? Okay. So your grandmother's... Thank you. Thanks very much for that question. Your grandmother's heritage is um, it's, it's, it's quite layered and it's very interesting. So she was born in Zimbabwe. However, her father was not a Zimbabwean. He was is from Zambia. Yes. Correct. And her mother was from Natal. Yes. So Zimbabwe was a location, a place and time. Yes. It was not necessarily where her mother and her father came from. Yes. So then clarify the surname. Okay. So when she recorded her first Nunzogolo, yeah. her first song in, I think, 1953, they printed the 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 albums at the time but when they released the printing they had spelled her name with an a her surname with an a and it was too late for them to destroy the records and they changed it from uh so so it stuck so instead of being called dorothy masuku which is our surname she became dorothy masuka didn't she feel the need to correct it as she went along no. And the record company and so on? She, I, I think in the beginning when she saw it, she's like, no, you've misspelt my surname. Yes. And eventually she's like, no, it's fine. It's just, this is who I am. This is who I will be. So the first time she ever came out, it was Dorothy Masuka. Sure. That's, uh, I mean, it sits, it sits very uncomfortably for us um, yes. listening to that story because um, 
as you said, it, it was a mistake the first time around, but she kind of sat with it. And one wonders why that was the, the decision she took. Um, she was, I think my grandma was more passionate about the message and the music and the product. She was, the, her name was important, but she thought the A just made a difference and it made her stand out, I guess. No one would forget Dorothy Masuka. Right. We will take those calls 0891-104-207. Some beautiful music. The music of Dorothy Masuku and that is Tea Tea. And I'm in conversation with her granddaughter and uh, Laika Masuku who is in studio with us. Just really taking us down memory lane and remembering the icon that is Mum Dorothy Masuku. So, you know, very late in her life, uh, very close to the end, she she still wanted to have this wonderful home surrounded by trees yes. and birds and so on. Yes, that that kind kind of leaves me a bit sad. Why? Because one doesn't. I mean, I wouldn't imagine that after working so hard, she would still not be taken care of in that way. Yes, that's very unfortunate. Um, as she got older well I was born and she was already slightly older (laughs) (laughs) Um, she just wanted to she wanted peace and quiet because she had lived in some of the biggest cities in the world and I mean she had a really colorful life and I think as 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 they as she got older she just wanted peace and quiet and to live somewhere where she could just sit outside and have breakfast and listen to birds she had she loved to sit outside and have breakfast yes she spoke a lot about trees and yes, birds and, yeah and yeah so she just wanted that peace and tranquility of being out in the rurals or out surrounded by nature hmm. yeah and and it doesn't seem like she got that really no she yeah. didn't really get that sure how do you reflect on her now um i draw from her strength um because I always think my grandma was 12 when she started singing and then she was 16 and she was young and she, during apartheid, and she just kept going. And she had different circumstances and she had so many things she had to think about. As She told me stories about how she used to pretend she was a domestic worker to be able to perform. And I don't think some of our artists even understand you know, those kind of difficulties or struggling to just be heard and to just do what you love so I draw from her strength when I have difficult times and I think my grandma made it through apartheid my grandma managed to build a name for herself through those times that I mean I have things much easier now Mm. thanks to people like her that paved the path for us Mm. and and also being recognized throughout the world for 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 that resilience yes Um, and and I think I wonder whether the saddest time in her career is when she had to stop yes. and, and, and have to, you know, she had to do what she had to do. She had to be a hostess. Was that possibly the, the, the most difficult time for her? She did enjoy being an air hostess. That was the only other job she ever had um, uh, besides being a musician. She did enjoy it, but music was her life. Um, even when she was old and she had an issue, she had a pinched nerve if you took away the stage or if she couldn't perform, I think she wouldn't have lived that long. Such a pleasure speaking to you. It's been so wonderful. Thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you so much for, you know, the story of this icon that I don't think we speak enough of. Thank you very, very much. Thank you for the platform. Thank you for acknowledging her and celebrating her life. Absolute pleasure. Laika Masuku, who is a granddaughter of uh, Dorothy Masuku. And that will be, yes, available as a podcast as you requested. 2.30 now. Let's go to Utsi Lesaku for the latest in headlines.